Sorry about that. I got a little drunk at my friend's birthday party last night, and it's left my guts in a shambles. Welcome, Superhouse Podcast listeners. This is episode 120. Shoot dang. <laughs> we done made it. Woo. Super far. In this episode, we'll be reviewing Ready Player One that came out this weekend, directed by uh, Senor Spielbergo. <laughs> <laughs> this is Stefan, and as always, I'm joined by Andrew. Hello. And Maddie. What up? <laughs> What's up, dudes? What's going on? You know. I'm ready for this ep, brah. Heck yeah. Welcome, Superhouse Podcast listeners, to our review of Steven Spielberg's Ready Player One, written by Zach Penn and Ernest Klein. Ernest Klein also wrote the novel. Uh, it's starring Ty Sheridan, Olivia Cook, Ben Mendelsohn, Lena Waithe, TJ Miller, Simon Pegg, and Mark Raylance. There will be spoilers. So do <laughs> not listen to this if you haven't seen it. And I mean, I guess you've already spoiled it if you read the book, but yeah, if you don't want to ruin anything in the movie because stuff is different and we don't yeah, talk about those, it. Exactly, you're exactly. one of those sick freaks that likes to spoil movies before you see them. <laughs> then enjoy. There's a special place in hell for you, <laughs> sir. Totally. <laughs> All right. So question number one. We, we start off with general thoughts, but not this time. Because usually when it's something's based on a uh, some other film series or a novel, I like to know how familiar we all are with it. So I'm going to start off with Andrew. How familiar are you with the novel Ready Player One? Will Wheaton read that book to me in its entirety uh, about a year ago, I think. Is that when we did when we even did a review of the book? It's the only book review we've done on Superhouse. And I remembered... Uh, a good bit of it. There are some things I kind of completely forgot. I think, but um, I, I, I was, I still was, it was still in my memory pretty good. So, uh, and it, yeah, it was kind of cool to actually read the book of the movie that you're seeing. So, so yeah, um, I guess that's all I got to say about that for now. Stefan, I listen also listened to the Will Wheaton audiobook about I'd say maybe a fourteenth of the way in. <laughs> I always I always meant to finish it, um, but I just I don't know I got bored of listening to it. Something about Will Wheaton's voice after a long while was really getting to me. <laughs> I I love the guy, but it was really getting to me. Um, um, so I forget exactly in the book it was right after they got the first key after the joust match where I kind of like lost sight of it. Um, so that's pretty much about it. And from on the surface, it always uh, struck me as a ripoff of Snow Crash. Um, which is a great book from 92, last cyberpunk novel. If you don't know it, check it out. Um, so I had, I was kind of biased about it anyway. Dang. Well, I read it, but it's been like three, maybe four years since I read that yeah. fucking book. So it's going good. in the movie, I was, uh, you know, I remembered things I really liked about it, about the book. And so, yeah, I'm pretty yeah. familiar. And then I did some research for this podcast because that's what you do, right? You Ba-bam. So to refresh myself a little bit, so I can kind of lead <laughs> this discussion. All right, we're going into the general thoughts. Andrew, general thoughts. Ready Player One. Um, I didn't think it was perfect, uh, but I did think it was a very good movie overall. Good adaptation. I I I do remember some things, and I was like, oh, that's changed from the book. Um, I, but I think it did capture the overall feel, 
And uh, yeah, not perfect. I you know I wouldn't call it lesser Spielberg either, but it's definitely not top tier Spielberg at the same time. So uh, yeah, there's that. So that's my general thoughts. Stefan, um, I I enjoyed it quite a bit. I felt like it moved along pretty good. Like Andrew said, I don't I don't feel like it's perfect or like really super astounding or anything. But it was the first enjoyable Spielberg movie I'd seen in quite a long time. Um, actually, I missed his last two, so you can't count those. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I missed a last few, maybe. Um, BFG, I, man. Good yeah. reviews. No one saw it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. I was like, no, no thanks. Good reviews um, and Spielberg attached. Anyway, go ahead. Keep going. Yeah. I didn't see Tintin either, which I always meant to see Tintin. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, overall, I felt like it was pretty good. Um, I feel like if there's more stuff from the book that I was attached to and wasn't there or I didn't recognize, I would have been pissed. Um, but since I was kind of ignorance as bliss on this one, I just sat back and enjoyed the ride, baby. Sweet. Um, I thought it was fun. I had a good time, but some stuff bugged me. And I'm just going to say it right now. Uh, where the fuck was Rush at in that whole entire fucking movie? I knew you were going to bring it up, dude, because that's all you Agreed. talked about during the book review. <laughs> yeah, I was. that's the only scene I wanted was like the one song that they'd have to play to like figure out the final puzzle. And I was like, nah, motherfucker. Yeah. And they don't even play a Rush song. Like, yeah, there's posters and like H is wearing a T-shirt. I get it. But there, you couldn't even, out of all the fucking nostalgia songs you put in there, you couldn't add one Rush song. You can put it in the fucking trailer, Spielberg. Come the fuck on. Right. That's all right. I wanted. I just wanted right. one Rush song or some <laughs> reference, like more than just a poster on the wall from 2112. Come on, man. Right. Like there's really no, like, ah, just, ah. it irked me. It's the one thing I wanted, you know, just, I, I don't know. Just, uh, that was like my biggest, like, let down of the movie. I do think some things that they did change worked way better in the film version than they do in the book. Just yeah. basically because the book is like an eight, 70s, 80s ode. And I was like, you can't like, yeah, you can throw those references, but some of those references are so obscure. It's like, I get why they didn't put Rush in, but at the same time, let's garner in that new generation of Rush fans. Come on. The only way you're going to do that. is with the Spielberg fan, Spielberg film, right? Uh, but yeah, I mean, I had fun watching it. Um, it hit all those like Spielberg notes that I enjoy watching. Um, it's definitely not like my one of my fave Spielbergs, but it's up there. And I think it's probably because I enjoyed the book a lot. I'm not saying that book is a masterpiece, but it's really fucking fun if you like love 80s stuff or really into like 70s, 80s television shows or music. Um, so it's a really fun read. And I felt like the movie was trying to do that, but also give the young, the newer generation of kids something to latch on to, which sometimes I think, fuck you, new generation. <laughs> Dang. All right, cool, cool. All right, so we're gonna, so we're getting into the questions now. So we're gonna start off with Parzival, Wade Watts, thoughts on the character design, and the acting from um, Ty Sheridan. What'd you guys think? Are we going with me? Same order. Yeah, as Andrew. Okay, so uh, again, I would say overall good. Uh, the the what's the guy's name playing him? Ty, Ty Sheridan. Yeah, yeah, he he was he was good. He kind of had like a the, the nerdy look, but uh, still could carry like uh, you know the lead really well and all that. And um, his character design in the Oasis, I thought was was pretty good too. Um, I think what was just like the kind of weak about him was. His his like character arc stuff was like not set up 
the setup was a little bit like not super well. Like he he mentions being poor almost in passing, and then it's like, is he trying to make money to get out of the stacks? Like what's what's his overall goal here? You don't really know from the get go, really, unless unless you've read the book. Like I don't think it's really explained all too well. And then he also has he's is he trying to save his aunt and kick and kick her boyfriend out? It just kind of feels like all that kind of stuff was sort of kind of not handled as well for as for someone that's ex, as experienced as Spielberg is and like this the 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 fighting scenes between the 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 aunt and her boyfriend were kind of like not great I felt I mean I did kind of feel something whenever the stacks blew up and shit but I don't know man it just kind of felt like uh, it's just it, it, that kind of thing could have been handled a little better I guess, but you do kind of, maybe they were going for the angle where they don't really tell you in the beginning. It's just kind of, you just got to figure it out as you go. And the movie is sort of fast paced. So I kind of get it, but still there's something a little bit, not as strong there as it could have been with, with Wade Watts. Um, I thought, I thought he looked pretty good. It's there's, there's going to be the argument that he wasn't like a fat kid in the movie that he was in the book. Um, but I think for sake of like just moving past certain things and kind of like making him a young, handsomeish kid, you know, just kind of like they just kind of swept that detail to the side. In the book, funny. he works out though. At, yeah. at some point, like which, Ma- yeah, which Maddie, which Maddie told me, but then I that I'm like glad it didn't work that way because that would have been a huge waste of time. I think <laughs> just, to, yeah. just to even consider it. So it was like whatever. Um, it does. It did look like this. This is the same kid who plays what other movies Santa has Claus. he been? He plays He's Cyclops, Santa- right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, I it looks to me in this movie like they did something to his face. <laughs> you know, like something about his face is really odd to me in this movie, and it may it seemed like they kind of let like maybe he just put on a little bit of weight to like chub him up the tiniest bit or something. Yeah, but he looked weird to me. Um, uh, I agree with that. Yeah, and uh, and then yeah, his in game or the Oasis character I thought could have been a little better with like, but they made him kind of look like Cloud Strife or something. I guess he was all right. He was cool. I liked I liked all those like digitized tattoo designs and stuff and all the patterns, which you know I could in my in my mind's eye I could see you know when you're creating your character and stuff like running through all those different patterns overlaid on the skin and stuff. And I was like, um, it was cool. They pay. I felt like it was a good. Uh, love letter to like gamers and stuff so i was down with parzival i like that name too that shit's tight yeah sweet yeah i uh i was kind of iffy when he first shows up uh in the oasis and his uh in his avatar skin i was like ah, i don't know if i can watch this this is <laughs> i don't know and then i just kind of was like all right this is like what he would choose and i was just like uh i think one of my roommates was like God, it's kind of weird and kind of looks like Final Fantasy. And I was like, yeah, dude, well, and your Bloodborne character is like an old fucking man and you're not. So he's like, true. That's yeah. Okay. I'll let that slide. So I think it's funny, like to think about how I would design a character if I was in the Oasis. And I was like, oh, so this is like the way he sees himself as a perfect, you know, human or whatever, how they would, you know. So I thought it was cool after, you know, after I saw it more and more. And like once the action started, I was like, okay, this makes I get it. Um, I thought Ty Sheridan was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I, I agree with Stefan with the whole, like, maybe put on a little weight, maybe just to be like, oh, okay, so I'm not super skinny kid, you know, 
playing a video game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought he did a fairly good job. I wish he would have been a little stronger. I'm kind of in the what Andrew was saying about not really getting like the family life or like because I remember when I read the book and the stacks are blown up, I was like, holy shit. Oh my God, they're going to murder people. Um, and I felt like when the stacks blew up, I was like, nah, okay, come on, let's get on. I want to get on the next quest. You know, it's like, nah, let's move it along. Cause I didn't really care about anyone. Cause I remember there's a, like when he goes down the rope in the movie, he talks to that old lady. And I remember them having more of a relationship in the book than like his aunt than he has yeah. with his aunt. And I remember when that stacks blew up, I was like, Oh my God, that old lady's gone. It's like his best friend. Besides in the Oasis, that's like his one human contact, someone who's nice to him. And you didn't really get that, which I feel like Spielberg is really good at doing that kind of stuff. So I assume to turn a 385-page book into a two-hour and however many minutes of movie it is, you got to sacrifice some stuff to get the story rolling. So, okay, Spielberg, yeah. I get it. <laughs> sometimes I want that connection. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think he did a good job. I mean – uh, when they cast him, I was like, okay, I can see him as Wade. That's cool. Um, all right, guys, we're moving on. We're going to the first <laughs> quest, Yo! which is the quest for the Copper Key. All right. Did so, you, oh, oh, I'm not yep. done yet. Okay, okay, okay. I got some <laughs> questions for you. All, all right, right. So uh, did you like that it was a race everyone knew about, or did you like in the a book where no one knew really what was going on? There was just a weird clue that Parsifal figures out that it used to be an old D&D map because that was one of Halliday's like favorite maps in D&D or whatever. Um, so commence, Andrew. Um, honestly, I kind of forgot everything about that in the book. Um, I, I mean, the thing is with this, and this is I'm going to get into this a little bit later, but I like one of the uh, minor, very minor gripes again, I like the movie a lot, but I think that they went, they were just in the fucking um, curator area a bit too much. Uh, and I know they're trying to figure out stuff, uh, as far as the, uh, you know, trying to find the keys and whatnot, but it's just kind of the world. It kind of, it kind of like, uh, slowed the, uh, over the otherwise fast paced down of the movie. But, um, anyway, I mean, honestly, even though if it was changed, I still liked it. It, it, it lended itself to great action and it just seemed like they Spielberg wanted to just have a race with fucking, you put all the toys in the toy box in there. And you got King Kong and a Jurassic Park dinosaur in one scene and then all the famous cars and all that. I mean, and then him figuring out to go backwards, you know, that was I I mean, I thought that was cool. It was good enough, I think. I don't know. I mean, I just and also, again, I just didn't remember anything about that from the book. So, yeah, Stefan. Um, I would have preferred to have seen the D&D map. I really liked the joust battle at the beginning of the book um, that he had with uh, like the death kind of like looking character, whatever they had to play, like the demonic character or whatever. I forgot exactly what it was. Um, and I thought it would have been a really cool opportunity to have like instead of like a giant race, just like this joust battle that was really action packed with like huge effects and stuff. So I was kind of expecting that. But I also see why they started with the race and did it the way they did. It just keeps it exciting and kicks it right off um, as a spectacle. And if you saw it in 3D, I bet that was orgasmic. 
Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's one I would have considered. It, yes, I did. I did. So I, I really enjoyed it. I the only part I didn't like about the race is like when he figured out, oh, you have to go backwards sometimes, and he starts driving backwards. Like a part of me kind of is like cool with it because I'm like, oh, okay, like I can't think of anything better really. But um, but at the same time, I was just like, dang. I was thinking, like, I hope somebody actually wins the race. If he's going backwards, I hope he doesn't win the race, but gets the key. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, you don't get all the points and stuff for winning that race, but you still got the key. And that's a huge prize unto itself. But then he, like, wins the race, too. And I'm like, oh, so it's like, it's kind of like a rigged race. Like, nobody's ever going to win it. And then I was telling Maddie when we were talking about it, like, Halliday must have just hated racing games. Yeah. Like any racing enthusiast in the Oasis to play this big giant race and never wins only to find out that it's like not even really a real race. It's just to get the key by going backwards. I'd be fucking pissed. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully there's other racing games in the Oasis then, I guess. I mean, there is. <laughs> if there's something for everyone, but I guess if you're designing your own game and you hated that kind of style of game, then it would probably be pretty easy to win. But I don't know. Um, I was kind of let down because I kind of wanted like the dungeons, like I wanted more of the mystery to unfold, you know, and that's what I liked about the book so much was, you know, you were kind of on this adventure with him and you were trying to figure out like what you'd read previously would help you help, you know, Parzival, uh, you know, figure out the clue or, you know, it was just more of like a mystery, you know, and I felt like, I mean, obviously, like I get it, it's got to be amped up, it's got to be more action packed, you know, like, the book is kind of slow paced and I mean, I thought it was pretty exciting, but I get movies got, you got to amp it up a little bit, you know, especially for a Spielberg film that, you know, looks like it's, it's all based on video games and like current culture of video games and everything's fast and everything's extravagant now. Um, so I guess I get it. I was a little let down. I just thought it was pretty easy key to get. Um, but I understand later on when they go look, for, which we'll talk about when they go look for the J key, why they mm -hmm. decided not to do two kinds. So each map is severely is very different from the previous quest or whatever. So like I get it why they did it. I was just when I was watching, I was like, come on, really? Like him finding the D&D &D map and the under the school and blah, that was so cool. And like, you, you know, you got to see like this D&D &D world come to life and like a Spielberg movie would be dope. Cause you'd be like, Oh, this is how good it could be, you know? Um, so I was kind of excited to see that, but, uh, I mean, they got, they had a race, so that's what I get. It's cool seeing, uh, the bike from Akira. Uh, yeah. you know, uh, I don't remember if there's any other vehicles in it besides like the DeLorean and stuff. Batmobile, Adam West Batmobile. Yeah, oh yeah. That was funny. But I don't remember. Uh, it was cool to see Bigfoot. Um, I thought that was pretty sweet. Cause I remember watching that as, as a kid with my dad, like monster truck shit. Yeah, so I really yeah. like that. I was trying to think of anything else. Uh, I love that they because I remember they released that trailer where the T Rex from Jurassic Park shows up. And I was like, "Dang, Spielberg's putting everything in this movie." Yeah. Um, and I, I thought that was cool. And I love the whole like Kong race at the end. I thought it was pretty sweet. Probably pretty terrifying to play because the Oasis. I mean, you're wearing a suit that you can feel shit. I don't want yeah. King Kong coming after me. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, like in hindsight, I enjoyed it because of the next quest that came after it. Um, but I was a little let down by it. So, all right, moving on. We're going to talk about Artemis, Samantha, played by Olivia Cook. Andrew, go ahead. Tell me your thoughts on uh, character design, acting, any, anything that bugged you or you liked about it, or you, you were just like, fuck that girl. She's the worst. 
You know, I, I liked her overall. Yeah, she was good. I mean, again, this is you know the cast usually isn't really the problem with the with the movie, even if it's a movie that you don't like. But uh, yeah, she was good, and um, I mean her character design too. I, I mean, I didn't really have a problem with that with that either. It's I mean, yeah, it's fine. I don't have much to say about that. But um, I'd say the only weird part for me that kind of stood out two things. Um, when they're talking on the roof, whenever he she's they first found each other in the real world. Uh, it's like they're too close already, and he like starts to caress her chin. Like, like they've just met off the internet, and she's allowing it. That was just creepy for me, and it was just like, was is it supposed to be creepy for her, or is she like already fallen for him, and she just lets him do that to her chin? I just thought that was very weird. It just came off strange to me. And then, uh, what else do I have? Oh yeah, her caring about her scar in that scene. It's just like it almost is kind of silly. It's like. Maybe you did whenever you were a little kid, but just seemed like they were a little bit too old to be. Because, I mean, she looks fine otherwise. It's just get over it. And plus, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just like it just seemed kind of silly to me that she would care about that scar so much. I would. I, that's one thing I would have liked them to take out, out take a, you know, not use from the book. But uh, other than that, um, she's cool, strong woman character. And uh, she's figuring that shit out on her own. And she also... You know, it was cool with the whole team, you know? So, yeah, um, I'm down with Artemis. Stefan? Um, I didn't at first like her look um, as much. I was like, that's what they went settled on, you know? Like, I don't know. Just basically, she wasn't my type when I saw her. <laughs> but, um, like but as after, the uh, CG like, character? or yeah, okay. yeah, the CG character. Like her look, I was just like, eh, I don't know. I think it could have been cooler. And just how I pictured her from the book was a little different. Um, and I, yeah, at first I didn't like it so much until she was in that red dress. And I have no shame in admitting that I'm attracted to cartoon character, CGI <laughs> characters. She looked Wait, good dang. in that. She girl good Bugs in that dress. From Space Jam? Wait, do you like the girl Bugs Bunny from Space Jam? Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's getting, it's getting weird on this podcast. All right, all right. <laughs> Let's get weird. Um, but and then but after a while I came around and she her the characterization, the motion capture, and the actress who played her was like really she was really good. She was in, engaging to watch. I actually liked watching the CGI version of her character um a little more than the actual live action version of her, but she's a really good actress. Um and uh yeah. I liked she looked cute with the little birthmark on her face and she was a badass too. I like how she was like spearheading or helped spearheading this like revolution against um IOI. Yeah. Sweet. I'm just going to comment on Andrew's like the um birthmark on her face. Mm -hmm. Um I mean I liked because uh you know it's a character trait from the book and I mean, you know, if you're crushing on someone on the internet and they don't know that you have a fucking facial birthmark, that can be pretty triggering, dude. Um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes with that. I mean, you know, for a while I didn't like wearing glasses when I was younger because people made fun of me for it. And now it's just like, oh, whatever. It's just, I just wear glasses now. I'm older. But it's <laughs> like these people exist in an oasis for like 90% of their life, dude. So they can be anyone, look anyway. And like to be uh i think to meet someone and then just be let down if you care for them or you're just like oh man maybe this could be something that could be a big thing man and maybe someone maybe someone turned her down because of that facial mark earlier that she met in another story that we're never going to hear just saying 
didn't have Maybe a problem so. with any of that. I mean, I do think it was kind of weird that he did touch her right away, but she did do all that sexual shit before when he had his like cool suit on. When she's like, oh, oh can yeah. you feel this? Can yeah. you feel that? So it's That's like, true, actually, yeah, I agree. You know, so and like no one else was touching him. So it's not like everyone like touches in the Oasis. I mean, I'm sure he got high fives from H and whatever. But, um, <laughs> you know, uh, besides that, I love Olivia Cook. She's in Bates Motel. Her character is really cool. And I really like that her and Norman's relationship in that show. Um, so I was really glad to see her in something that wasn't like based off like a horror, a horror movie or anything. Um, so it was cool to like see her in more of a prominent role, not like a minor character. Um, but yeah, I thought she did really good. And I was kind of like Stefan with the character design. I was like, I don't know, but I think it's all just preference at a point. I wonder if like Spielberg was like, Hey, here's like 10 designs. Which one do you relate to being Wade? Or, you know, if, if she actually chose that and it wasn't just some, you know, designer being like, well, this is what I would do. You know, I hope that maybe they like got to sit down and look at several designs or kind of maybe be like, oh, this is the kind of character I'd like to play as in this kind of world. Because that'd be dope. It's kind of like when Lucas was like, hey, maybe, uh, Samuel Jackson, pick out your lightsaber. You know, like I hope mm -hmm. it was kind of like like that's how they decided like what the characters would look like. And then they tweak them a little bit. You know, or I'm sure if Spielberg was like, man, I'm not into that. Like, how about we use this one or this one, you know? But I hope that they had a little say in like how their, you know, avatars looked in the movie. Right, right, right. So, um, and I'm sure there's like a lot of design people that had like a lot to say. And, but I hope that was the case. And if that is the case for a character, yeah, I mean, it works. And I feel like you got to be comfortable when you're doing motion capture and stuff. You know, you probably have to look at that character a lot. And so... That's cool. Yeah, I liked Artemis. I thought she was badass. One of my favorite scenes with Artemis is when she's uh, in Sorrento's chair and they do that, like they walk in and they do that whole like pan of her like escaping. I was like, this is pretty dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got really nervous. I was like, oh my God, she's going to get found out. She just got out. No. <laughs> uh, but I thought that was really well directed and just the cool scene of her doing like some real life action. Because like in this movie, you're seeing a lot of stuff happening in the Oasis. And we all, you know what can happen in the Oasis? Anything. You can do anything. So it's kind of cool to see this, like, kind of some of the stuff that happens with Sorrento towards the end, uh, just being, uh, you know, having to do real world stuff. I always like that in movies that are, like, pretty CG or take place in another world, you know, where one character doesn't have the superpower but has to do something cool and, like, heroic. So I thought yeah. that scene was really cool with her in it. Um, all right, cool. That's my, that's my two cents on Artemis. <laughs> all right, we're getting... We're going to quest number two, the quest for the J key. So um, in this one, uh, they do kind of like what they did in the book, except in the book, it's like a war game. They have to replay through war games of the movie, which I love that fucking movie. And when I read that, I was like, oh, my God, I love this movie so much. This is so exciting. And there's like a Blade Runner reference because they have to like figure something out on like the, what is it? it's the fucking device that he uses to tell the like to tell the guys a uh, to tell if he's a robot in the beginning. They like use that machine. I forget like the specifics of how that actual scene lays out. But there's like a Blade Runner reference, and there's the War Games, um, and then in the movie they do The Shining, which I'm just gonna cut in here real quick, which I thought was amazing. It blew my fucking mind. Andrew, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was one thing I noticed when I was watching. It's like, oh, this is what what was supposed to be war games. All right, I get you. Um, I thought this was one of the better changes actually from from the book. Agreed. 
because um, in the book, it's mainly about uh, can can the guy recite all the lines exactly right? And it didn't really lend itself to being an awesome action scene. So they replace that with The Shining. So you get a little bit of action, a little bit of horror all thrown in there. And uh, I thought that was cool. And uh, I, I mean, really, uh, I didn't I don't really have much to say about this one. I just think I think that it was a it was a good change. It makes sense going from medium to medium. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you get you get like all the like tropes from that movie. You got the, you know, the, the twins and the uh, the topiary or no, that's maybe from the book. Uh, the fucking, you know, the outside part where they're running away. The maze. The maze. Yeah. yeah, the maze. And uh and then a big ass axe as well, and then dancing zombies and all that. So, uh, which weren't in The Shining, as they say in the movie. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was good. Good change. So uh, I really liked uh, the War Games um, part of the JK um, quest in the book. But when they're in the curator's lounge and they're like, "Oh, he," we figured out that he took uh, his date to see The Shining. I was like. Oh, this is pretty dope. Look at those VHS copies. I'm loving this shit. I was like, they're not going to recreate The Shining, are they? There's like no way. There's going to be something else. And then when they fucking go down in that door and they open the door and they walk down the fucking stairs and the typewriter was there, dude, I lost my fucking shit. <laughs> that was amazing. I couldn't wait to see. I love that H was afraid of horror movies and had never seen The Shining and they gave, her, gave him shit for that. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought that was really awesome. Uh, I just like that they recreated a bunch of stuff and I like just have seen the shining so many times. I knew all the beats that were going to happen and I was like, Oh my God, I can't imagine what this is like for people who have not seen this, but seeing it in ready player one, which I don't know if that's a good way to see the shining, uh, but maybe it'll get a lot of more people to see that. And I loved it too. Cause I know Spielberg's like a huge Kubrick fan. That's why he made a AI. And I just, you know, after when I was watching, I was like, it makes sense that he would choose a Kubrick movie to do instead of like war games, you know? And I think like you were saying, it makes for, it's really great because it is a horror. uh, It's a horror quest. Um, There's a lot of references to horror people. Like when you first meet H uh, it's out there uh, killing Freddy Cougar and Jason Voorhees has a spot. And, uh, so I was like, oh, this is pretty dope. And I loved every scene of it. It's probably my favorite part of the entire fucking movie is the J-Key um, quest. Um, I love that Artemis figures it out because I think she actually does figure out the second quest in the book. Yes, so I thought that was cool. They kept correct. that. Yes. And um, I like that, you know, they kind of got booted out of it for the little final part of it. Um, I just think following through that movie with uh, H... Uh, was kind of maybe my first experience too. Like, no, 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 no. You know, like, right. And then like the one part where the naked woman, she's like doing the Jack Nicholson. I will say though, and Stefan and I talked about this about, I kind of wanted to see Jack Nicholson, but then when they didn't, I was like, thank God. Cause I don't know how that would look and to be cartoony. And I don't know if I want to see Jack Nicholson that way as Jack Torrance, but I thought everything they did do was great. I love that. Like in the May, the, the uh, hedge maze uh, becomes kind of like a action video game kind of thing. And it almost reminded me a little bit of like, you know, dark souls and kind of bloodborne with all the acts and like the big, you know, the big witch and whatever. And I was like, this is pretty cool, man. I want to play this game. But yeah, I love that. I think that was probably one of my favorite like changes from the book. 
to the movie. And I think it worked so uh, much better than like having to watch a guy recite the fucking war games movie, which I love war games, but that'd be right. kind of boring to watch and slow down the pace of the film quite yes. a lot. Yeah. So I think for the, like the better part, cause I know Ernest Klein was part of the script writing. So, I mean, they all had to make sacrifices. And I think, you know, when he wrote that book to where it is now for this film, you know, stuff did need to change, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you have to change stuff because, you know, as a writer, I think you write what you know and what you love and it's going to come across on the page and it's going to, and people are going to receive that really well, but you're with a movie, you're hitting a broader audience and you have to, you, you kind of got to do stuff for the audience, you know? Uh, so yeah, I thought that was, uh, that was awesome. Loved it. All right, cool. So the next one up is we got H Helen. We got show and Daito. Or like the round out our uh, what are they called the? Oh man, oh, I know shit. what you're talking about the, <laughs> high, the high, the hot top five, the high five, or something. High five, I think is what it's called. Uh, yeah. um, so, uh, what were your thoughts on? We'll just start with H Helen first. Yeah, she was good. I, I mean, you know, going in reading the book, you know, that was much of a bigger turn in the in the book than it was in the movie. Like her reveal mm-hmm. and. Knowing that casting and, and like hearing the voice, it was a little bit odd. It's uh, just to hear like her deeper voice and everything. And there's also like social commentary in the book about, you know, it's hard even in the year 2045 or whatever for a for a black woman to make any money. So that's why I am this white man in the oasis. Yeah. So uh, they kind of skimped down on that, which I thought was a little weird, but. Uh, whatever uh what's her name lena waith yes she was she was good man i mean nothing really i like that she's like really loves the iron giant and that she doesn't like horror movies and that was that was cool i mean i don't i don't really have much to say about her i thought she was just a really good supporting character you know she was she was done really well i thought it was really well really well done um yeah she uh he initially he was pretty cool i think i wish the character design on h was better it seemed like it was like a it was like a knockoff villain from um, Gears of War or something like, and that's probably what they were going for. But I feel like the design could have been snappier, poppier somehow. Um, I love that actress. She was in Atlanta. Uh, she's really funny. Um, I mean, she's okay funny. I don't, I don't really love her. She's good. She's got a new show coming out called The Shy about Chicago. That's supposed to be kind of like it's supposed to be good. It looks good. Um, cool. but, but yeah, she's a, she's, she was decent. I like that spin. I like that turn that they put on it and like how, you know, she wasn't who you expected her to be. And, um, she was a good supporting character overall. Yeah. Um, I really liked H. Um, I totally like it. Just, I was just like <laughs> trying to figure out what they were going to do next. And, uh, I think all the shining stuff kind of threw me for a loop. And then like, I'd totally forgotten that it was, a like who uh, that actress was playing in the movie. And I was like, Oh yeah. When did she show up? And about the time I started thinking about it, she reveals herself as H and I was like, Oh my God, I totally fucking forgot. This is not on my radar. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought the character design was fine. I liked that we had like a creature, you know, like an orc, big goblin dude instead of, you know, everyone's kind of humanoid, mm-hmm. you know, and I liked that it didn't really fit her. Like, you know, the way she looked, I liked it, you know, because sometimes it's kind of cool to design a character. You're like, I look nothing like this. 
like I was thinking about my Skyrim character and he's like a lizard dude. And I was like, mm-hmm. sometimes it's fun to play as those characters. And right. I liked that they included that. And I also liked in going back to the J key. I like one, the witch, uh, the uh, zombie lady was trying to stab him, stab her. Mm-hmm. And she was like moving her body around through yeah. the innards. So I thought that like each character had some like really cool. I, I like that character. And I like that uh, her introduction is her shooting Freddy Cougar. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, I'm playing in this like doom like level uh, where the final battle takes place. But that was a good introduction. I like that, you know, she was she's really good at modding and can fix stuff. And she gets paid pretty high dollar to do that. But that was yeah. a cool way to add in like modifications and stuff. And like maybe this is why people have, you know, these really cool fucking characters because someone's like, hey, make this for me or. But yeah, yeah. I liked her. Um, so, Andrew, we're going to go to show now. Can, like, can we com- can we combine these? Because these guys yeah. are kind of a team anyway in the yeah. thing, just for time's sake it. and all that. Let's so show and, show and Daito. So uh, show his reveal as a little kid. Hilarious. Yeah. That kid was great. Um, he seemed to have kind of a Chinese accent, Chinese-American, uh, maybe uh, in the movie. But I was at the panel at WonderCon for this movie, and the kid is full-on American, um, no accent whatsoever. So it was interesting to hear him have, have kind of an accent in the movie. Daito, uh, played by I think his name is Win Morisaki. He is uh, he's said he was born in the Philippines, I think, but he's uh, raised in Japan and he's a uh, you know Japanese actor. And uh, it was cool to see him like kind of being a stereotype, but a, kind of a lovable stereotype. And also those kind of dudes do kind of exist sometimes in Japan. Like the way he was like bowing instead of shaking a hand in that one scene. It's a really funny <laughs> comedic <laughs> beat. And, um, I mean, I can totally see a Japanese dude choosing a Gundam as is, uh, as, uh, you know, the main avatar he wants to do in the final battle as well. So, so there's that. And, um, I mean, basically Spielberg got to play with Mechagodzilla fighting, uh, Gundam. And that was fucking incredible. And the Japanese line, like I choose Gundam or whatever, that shit was hilarious. It played really well. Uh, His samurai armor was great. The ninja armor was really good on show. Um, They they were were also a great supporting cast. Honestly, could have done with more of them. And just like Maddie's favorite scene uh, was Rush, and that was cut out completely. My favorite scene in the book was, so in the book, it kind of plays to sort of a character art kind of thing with uh, with Wade in that he's becoming more selfless and he gives him a major item. He gives Daito a major item, the, this Ultraman item. And he's like, and, and also kind of a plays to appropriation maybe too, like cultural appropriation. Instead of him becoming Ultraman, he's like, he says in the book, this is Japan's greatest superhero. You being Japanese, you should be Ultraman. So it's a very like, heartwarming kind of scene my favorite scene in the book honestly and um so it was changed a bit they took out the whole like him giving them the item it seemed like daito just already had the gundam so fine whatever but we at, at the end of the day we got a gundam fight scene with mecha godzilla two of my favorite some some of my favorite characters you know from from japanese pop culture so awesome to see them in one scene and uh him like kind of doing like a fucking like meditation before battle type of mm-hmm. thing also to kind of build the the tension as well um i think that played really well too so uh yeah loved them could have done more with them so yeah that's that's all i got to say about them quick question yeah daito dies in the book 
Yeah. So oh, wow. I'm kind of yeah, person I, dies. Yeah, yeah, they throw him off of his uh, like his out of his apartment. So it looks like he uh, the Sixers throw him out of a window to make it look like a suicide. Oh, um, and aren't they bro- they're brothers in the book too, and they're not brothers in the movie. Oh right, right. That's right. Yeah, so they did that. change a lot of stuff. I and I just want to point that out there for people who have not read the book and are just watching the movie. I think it was a good wow. change that they kept Daito alive. I mean, obviously, because he has a cool fucking moment in the final final battle. So, um, I also but, felt like that was kind of a samurai thing. Where <laughs> I know it's getting stereotypical here, but it's kind of like he's rushing towards death. Like his yeah. final attack is going to be a big one. He doesn't care if he dies or not. And his doesn't his avatar die in that in that scene? Yeah, he loses. Mm-hmm. He goes back to like zero or whatever. Yeah, it's. A, I think. I think it's kind of like feeding off a bit of samurai lore and samurai history to a to a degree in that scene, which is perfectly fine. I thought I was. I welcomed that. It was just <laughs> interesting, you know. Yeah. Cool. All right, Stefan, go ahead. Um, I liked them both too. Agree with Andrew. There could have been a little bit more of them. Um, I loved Show's design, the character design for the most part. I liked the legs that they were like, yeah. um, like you know, like wolf legs or something like <laughs> yeah. dog legs or something like he was real springy and I could have done with a, re- a lot more like ninja action. That's for sure. Um, they were both cool. They were good supporting characters. I dig the samurai and the ninja backup and stuff like what's cooler. Yeah. And that, um, <laughs> the, the reveal that he was a little kid was, uh, was really cool. The kid was funny. It was all good. Like those are the moments when I'm usually like, Oh man, all right here, this is going to suck. This is going to be a cringy line or something like that. But it was like smooth sailing and they were both really good. I liked, um, uh, both of the kids, the kid who played Daito was, he had like a cool moment when he introduced himself to, um, um, to what's her face, the main girl. Uh, Artemis? Artemis Artemis yeah when he introduced her in in the real in the real world he's like you know me as Dido or whatever and he gives her that smile oh yeah yeah that was really funny um I liked that moment so yeah they were cool man and the, his Gundam moment when that happened I was like this is so cool like <laughs> you know just like if I was zapped into that moment out of context of the rest of the movie and just watching that I would have the same emotional kind of response yeah. I, feel like, so I feel like I feel like Every Japanese, no, I wouldn't say every, but like most of the Japanese otaku culture, when they see this movie, they're going to be like, thank you, Mr. Spielberg, yeah. for this yeah. moment. Well, that, hey, yeah. hey, we got we got already the summer movie season is just beginning. We've got two Gundam references in popular films right now. Yep, that's true. <laughs> it's coming. Gundam's coming, man. Yeah, man. Gundam's coming to the States somehow. I feel it. Um, cool. But, but hell yeah. Yeah, uh, I love Sho and Daito. I'm with Andrew and Stefan. Uh, could have used more of them. Uh, I felt like the friendship was a little too fast. I feel like it took a little longer to convince them to join in the book. Um, and I think yeah. it's only, and uh, so I would like a little more of that. I do like that we get to see them early on on like the Mount Doom thing. Uh, like he's there, like uh, H helps them or she helps them take out some dudes so they don't zero out on that final battle for the, uh, for the item that they're searching for. Um, um, but yeah, uh, one of my favorite lines from show is, uh, Artemis comes up and she's like, show, and she goes in for a hug and goes, ninjas don't hug. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. That and it's like such an 11 year old little kid thing. He's like, cause he's almost on the cusp of like, I like girls, but I don't know yet. And I just thought yeah. it played really well. I also really like their, uh, teamwork scene when finale, which we'll talk about the villains here in a second. 
um, jumps into the back of the moving bus and the, he does some sweet ass kung fu real quick. And then show being 11 years old is like, oh, I'm just going to use, uh, I'm just going to throw this fucking fire extinguisher at her. Yeah. And I, yeah. I it was really cool and really well done because I know like use sometimes in those scenes it can get a little messy and you're like, how do you like figure out how to make this action scene work well? But I thought it was really well done. It wasn't super long, short and sweet. Love that. Uh, character designs. I love both the character designs. thought they were awesome. I'm with Stefan. I could have used some more cool ninja action or just them fighting uh, in their avatars normally. Uh, also with Andrew on the him meditating, I was like, what the fuck is he doing, man? Like, it's not going well for them. Things are getting pretty rough. And then he will like when he calls out the Gundam and I was like, all right, I get it. All right. Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> Show me this. I'm ready for this fight. Like, I was giddy with anticipation to see this fight. Um, all right, so we're going to move on to our villains now. Um, cause I, when I was writing all this down, I was like, cool. All right. We'll just 10 questions, <laughs> you know, this will be it. And then I was like, oh shit. I didn't talk about Sorianto or I rock or, um, finale, which I, they play a huge part in this movie. So we have to talk about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so Andrew thoughts on Sorianto. Okay. So, uh, Sorrento, right? Sorrento. Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So, so, uh, man, Ben Mendelsohn, uh, the way he plays villains, it's like, that is, if you look up sniveling in the dictionary, I feel like his picture <laughs> is there, you know, it's just yeah. like he plays that I just, that word comes to me every time I see him, man, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's him. And he's a great villain. I mean, I know he's being typecast, but the, you know, he's getting paid like fucking crazies and star Wars and Spielberg movies and all kinds of shit. So whatever. It's cool. You know, he was in dark Knight returns or yeah. Rises. I mean, yeah. uh, uh, you think money has power over me? And then he put Bane puts a fucking hand on his shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> that shit was fucking brutal. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> uh, I don't really have any complaints about Mendelssohn. I mean, of course, he's a great villain. Uh, his character design, you know, it's a little plain, but then again, I feel like men, maybe that was almost kind of the point too, because I feel like Mendelssohn just wouldn't be that creative of a guy being so corporate, yeah, you know? Yeah, that's what I was yeah. saying to Stefan. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I th I think that's that's uh, also kind of part of it. So, <clears throat> uh, so yeah, that's all I got to say about Mendelssohn. You know, good. Uh, I mean, yeah, great. Um, I rock. So this guy was added from the book, right? Um, he is in it, but is like, oh god, I fucking Not read about it earlier. He he is in it, and he just tried. To, he just kind of watches and is like, kind of. He's not like the badass. He kind of is in um, the movie. He's just kind of like a sniveling like guy that just kind of is there to like pick up the, you know, uh, the remains of whatever's happened. He's like not a super good gamer, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and, yeah. I can't, and I can't remember a lot about him because I, for me, I was getting um, Ogden Marsh and IROC kind of confused. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. Just because of my like reading the book and it being several years, I was like, wait, what the fuck? Like. Cause I, cause I remember someone coming in and helping them at a certain point and I thought it was I rock, but I guess not, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm a huge fan of TJ Miller. He's hilarious on Silicon Valley. And I thought all of his humor really, really worked for me. Maybe some people think he's not that funny, but I think he's hilarious and, uh, his design, uh, you know, it was okay. I felt like it was like, it was like almost too badass for how funny he is, but maybe that's what they were going for. But uh, yeah, he, he, he was, uh, 
his lines were so funny that I kind of just let it go. And him having the whole like magic spell orb thing too was was pretty cool. He's kind of like the arms dealer for for Sorrento. So that was that was cool. That was good enough. We never see him in the real life in real world either. So that was interesting. I wonder if there was stuff cut from that. Um, And then finale is she all is she in the fucking book? I don't remember her at all. I don't remember. I think he just has the Sixers do everything, like his little like task force outside of the uh, the real world. I don't know. They might have added her. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember her at all. But it just seems like maybe they were like, all right, let's add this character in for somebody for Sorrento to kind of play off of and have like an underling, like a top underling. Um, and if if, if that's the case, then uh, it was a good change. I mean, it was it was fine. Maybe they're adding too many characters, but at least it didn't feel overcrowded too much. Uh, <laughs> but um, it's kind of felt like I honestly can't remember exactly because it's been since uh, Friday night since I've seen this movie. But uh, does she make a turn? She, she seemed like she was about to make a turn against. She was going to switch sides. She kind of felt like to me like she could have switched sides and turned against Sorrento at some point. Did that happen? Um, no. Nah. Oh, okay. I, I think she was just there's like that punch at the end where she punches him because he's saying something to her, and I think she's just upset that they got caught. Ah, yeah, yeah, okay. Well, anyways, uh, you know, I just don't know how much to say about her. Either. I, I don't know. She's she's fine. It was she was okay. Cool, Stefan. Yeah, um, I really liked Sorrento. I love Ben Mendelsohn. He's like a joy to watch. That dude's a badass. Um, I felt like my favorite scene with him is when he was introducing himself to Parzival and Parzival was a hologram and they were having that discussion where he's like, I'm just a gamer like you. Yeah, I'm a businessman and blah, blah. Like he had me convinced. I was just like, Damn, like go join his side. He's, he's a good guy, really deep down, you know. Um, but it was just like a, such a good performance. And uh, he did really well with with what he had, you know. He would almost be a, a dream recast of the bad guy in RoboCop, you know, like if they ever, I know they rebooted that, but in my fantasy world, they did a better version with Ben Mendelsohn as the villain. Um, <laughs> yeah. Even though I like that one uh, a little bit. Uh, but anyway, Maybe Ben Mendelsohn was great as Sorrento. I thought the character design, me and Maddie were talking about this. I thought the character design was just a little too plain for like a big budget movie. And the logic behind it, I get, but it's like you still have the tools and ability to kind of spice it up for your film just a little bit. Um, so it was just a little too plain for me. And and I get like kind of he wouldn't have been like the most creative and stuff like that. But I was just, it just wasn't fun to look at that character. Um, I thought it would have been cool if they used like popular game, you know, different game clothing, maybe like licensed out some different costumes from different games. And he would like be like switching his costume a lot would have kind of also lent to that. Like he's trying all these different things out and I don't know, just was an idea, but overall it was just kind of like, thought it was like a lackluster presentation of what could have been something a little more interesting. Um, I rock was cool. Totally get his kind of design. He was like, he's kind of like the mountain dude up gamer. Who's like, you know, all about, you know, he, he picks the very basic, like most rudest, features for his creative character and shit you know and like even his gun had like those shiny skulls on it and stuff and it was just like (laughs) you know he's like one of those um not to single anybody out or alienate anybody but you know like one of those lower class kind of type of gamers that you can imagine you know just picking people you run into on call of duty 
duty and shit with like some dumb call sign or every time they kill you. Or <laughs> His <laughs> name is I Rock, by the way. Yeah, I Rock. Like he's a bro gamer. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Totally get it. Thought it was cool. T.J. Miller's perfect for that type of role. Um, and his his comic his comedic beats were were pretty good. Like, um, I like T.J. Miller quite a bit too from Silicon Valley. Um, and you know Deadpool and everything. So. Oh yeah, yeah. He's good. He's leaving Silicon Valley uh, this next season. He won't be in it, and it's already started. By the way, dude. Oh, has apparently it? Cool. no one likes working. Okay. No one likes working with him because he doesn't like working there. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So. That's pretty much what he said. He's kind of he he's from Colorado, um, and I've seen him at a couple live events and stuff. And he's kind of a douche. Um, he gets in the fights a lot. I heard he talks dude. about getting into fights. He's just, he's a real broy, like mouthy shit talker type of guy. And, you know, he's turned some good performances that I really like, but I feel like to hang out with him in real life would probably be a, not so much fun. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> you know, but, uh, but in this character, he was cool. It totally worked. Um, I never felt like he was completely like useless or whatever. I liked, I liked how he showed the interest as a gamer when he was talking about like the cute or the sphere of whatever um and oh. you know he was he told he made the sixer like turn around so he could put the spell on the on the sphere um i thought it was cool because he was acting like all like a powerful dark wizard and shit <laughs> it was it was cool sweet and what'd you think of finale um she's gorgeous <laughs> <laughs> she was in uh she was in the first um kingsman film i think as uh the, uh, the girl with the blade the blade legs yeah 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 she was badass um yeah she's cool she was also the the uh female alien character from star trek beyond which she did a really awesome job as that character oh I wish shit she had, yeah 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 i wish she had more to work with in this film because she's she's a pretty decent actress um they kind of just like wrote her off as a you know just like the henchwoman they probably just got got a lot out of you know her attractiveness and her like really kind of like striking um appearance those bangs and everything her eyes are like amazing um but yeah she was cool i like that moment where uh i like that it never got really too dark for any of the villain characters even though they you know killed a whole bunch of people in the stacks like that was probably the darkest moment yeah but i like how there was still comedy like when she punched him in the throat uh at the end and and then later when Sorrento or before that when Sorrento approaches the van and is tra- confronting them at gunpoint, um, but the, but he's holding the egg and he can he can see it through the Oasis um, VR headset and like the glow is coming out of it and everything and he had that little smile. Um, I like it was cool. It kind of wrapped itself up in like an Encyclopedia Brown kind of way where they just haul him off to jail instead of like him falling into some like pit of fire or off a building, <laughs> some smoke or something. You know what I mean? Like it was cool that you know that was the very Spielbergy ness to me. Um, so yeah, as far as the villains, they were they were pretty they were pretty good. They're pretty enjoyable to watch overall. Cool. Um, I love Ben Mendelsohn and everything. <laughs> so I loved him in this. I loved his, I loved his uh, fake teeth and how it just like looked uncomfortable. But it's like, because uh, his teeth don't normally look like that. Um, and I feel like it was part of the character he was playing to look as perfect because he's heading this big corporation or whatever. Um, 
But yeah, I thought he was great. I loved his avatar and the Oasis. I thought it fit his personality perfectly. Um, did not see him throwing out Mecha Godzilla though. Uh, that was, you know, I mean, cool. it's dope, but uh, didn't see it coming. Um, yeah, I, that dude's a powerhouse, man. I would, I like watching him and everything. I mean, he is getting kind of tap cast, but he just has that look, man. He's just a good fucking villain. <laughs> Yep, pretty much. You know, yeah. and I, I, you know, I think this is probably one of like you guys were saying. Like, uh, he is a uh, this villain is kind of you know, he doesn't even do anything, you know, besides saying okay, go do that thing and blowing up the stacks. It's like he can be kind of a redeemable character. Like when they do that flashback and you see him bringing him coffee. Yeah. I was like, oh, he used to be good at some point, but he's always had that like business mentality when he's talking to Halliday. Um, but yeah, man, I watch Ben Mendelsohn in anything. I, you know, he could just be talking to me, just on a just a white background, just saying stuff, <laughs> and I'd be like, "This movie's amazing." Uh, yeah, I thought it, that that was amazing. I loved every part of that. The scene that Stefan brought up too, thought that was great. I loved because it had me convinced too, and I was like, "No, this guy's the bad guy. He hates all this shit." But there for a split second, I was like, oh, "I kind of want to hang out with Ben Mendelsohn. He likes video games." <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I rock. Uh, just didn't care for man. I thought he could. I honestly think finale should have been the I rock character oh, yeah. and they could have just cut out all that bullshit and she could have just had her own avatar in the Oasis and also been the henchman in the real world. So she does what she like, you know, yeah, basically what I rock was supposed to do. Um, and that's why I was wondering if he had like a bigger part in the book that I couldn't remember. Um, cause I was like, and it seems like they cut him out a little bit if he had a bigger part. And I honestly wonder if like, because of all the accusations that are coming out about certain, uh, actors, comedians, if they cut any scenes of him actually like yeah. in his uh, gear and they just left him the avatar character just because, cause I remember there being something like, is Deadpool two going to cut out TJ Miller stuff? And then they were oh, like, no, nah, yeah. fuck no, we're not going to do that. So I wonder if uh, Spielberg and team were like, nah, we can keep this in. We'll just cut out we his other shit. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I could have, I, I just, cause I mean, Artemis looked up how to read the spell and it just seemed like anybody could have done it. He didn't have any special knowledge. He just had like, he says that he's like, I got 10 years worth of stuff I've collected, you know, before the bomb, before they uh, throw, uh, before the bomb goes off, that takes everyone like back to zero and zeros out their characters. Um, yeah, I could have just, I, he, I didn't think any of the jokes were that good. Um, I honestly didn't need any of them. Um, and I thought finale would have been a cooler to give her more to do. Um, like I thought maybe some of the action scenes with that, like with the IROC character could have been cooler, but you know, that's my taste. I didn't, I like the design except for like the skull. I just don't like seeing through things on a character. It just looks weird. And I don't know if that's just like my mind tries to wrap around where like an organ system would be or something. Um, and I was like, that doesn't make sense. It's a video game. Calm down. But I just kind of hated seeing through the skull. <laughs> but I like yeah. like the top part of him. I thought that was pretty dope yeah, looking character. Uh, yeah, that kind of bugged me. But yeah. Um, all right. We're moving on, guys. That's the next one. We're talking about Quest for the crystal key and we're going to combine this because it all kind of goes together with the final battle scene. Um, did you think like the quest, um, the, the final test was a fairly easy one or did you just, we were just like, that's cool. Cause there's a battle going on. I don't need, 
you know, all the stuff to be happening. Andrew. All right. So my turn. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this was interesting because this is another huge change from the book because of the book, the whole premise of the Oasis and the, and the, uh, hunt for the Easter eggs is based on the first Easter egg and adventure for Atari 2600. And that's how they set up the whole thing in the book. It's like first, first chapter, first paragraph basically. So then they introduce adventure kind of like way in the third act. And also these people are supposed to be, you know, ex, you know, holiday experts and all this, and they know everything about these games, but they, they don't put the Easter egg hunt with the first Easter egg, you know, uh, you know, that whole thing, they don't put two and two together with the Easter egg in, in the uh, actual adventure game. That just felt a little off to me. Um, they should have found that out faster. They shouldn't have been going through all those games. I know that they're like pressed for time and they're in a big like hurry and all that, but, but still that, I think that was a little bit, a little bit weird. And, um, but at the same time, the good part about this though, is that I, I do like them kind of like, I did like that it was there. I just wish they should have figured it out faster. And I also liked they kind of shoehorned this in the last second and it got a soup kind of schmaltzy. But then again, like I've said on this podcast many times, I am kind of a sap and them talking about it's about the journey, not the destination and all that. And they kind of throwing that in with the ideas of adventure. Uh, I was, I was really into that. I like that idea. I like that they brought that up. That was pretty cool. My only problem was that it was, it, it, it didn't like, it's, if they were going to do that, it should have been kind of more, more of a part of the rest of the movie thematically than just shoehorning that whole thing in at the very end. They just mentioned like, it's about the journey, not the destination, like at the end. So it's just like, uh, all right. Um, but, uh, then you have the uh, final fight, and we all knew this was going to be. We all kind of pro- we're, we all knew that we were going to get something similar to this, right? Mm-hmm. So I thought it was great. The uh, I mean, seeing all the characters there, and again, you got Mecha Godzilla and Gundam. That was kind of the highlight of that whole thing, and. Um, then the extra life part as well. That was from the book, I think. And that, you know, I thought that was cool. You know, good yeah. times. Uh, I had a good time with that. So uh, I think that's all I got to say about the, the third act there. Stefan. Yeah, uh, I didn't have too much of an issue with any of it. I liked I liked him playing the adventure game in there at the end. Um, and even like the little fight scene he had with uh, Sorrento. Um prior to getting to play the game and everything when he like blew up that bomb and then he gets the extra life. That was cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, uh, I'm not sure exactly what happens in the book, whether it's a more difficult quest or not. Um, but it all wrapped it up. It all wrapped itself up pretty nicely. I felt like one thing that really was bugging me and I know it was kind of for effect was when um, Halliday was looking for the egg and talking and stuff it like because the movie was just moving so fast so fast up until that point it's like a screeching halt in that bedroom where he's getting the egg and 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 then for him to slowly like oh where did i put it like it was funny for a second but i was like find the fucking egg <laughs> yeah oh <laughs> it yeah. Just, yeah, it was yeah really bothering me and then he finally got it and like that whole sequence just took like really lot way too long but you know i still i still enjoyed it you know he kept the child version of himself in the room playing games endlessly forever and stuff and it was like 
it was cool and it kind of spoke to like the loneliness maybe of some gamers and like the beauty of of what it is to be a gamer and like the worlds that you your imagination is able to uh blossom in you know what i mean like uh, just the love of games, like it reduced it down to like a nice syrupy, zappy moment that was, that was very delicious. Thank you, Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, I thought the quest was great. I really like when um, Wade is uh, tell uh, showing everyone through the feed of how to get the basically how to do that in adventure. So if you wanted to do it yourself, you could go do it. You know. And I thought that was really fun. I liked him just explaining about like, you know, finding like, you know, the developer, the guy who designed adventure was like, he like thought it was a work of art. It wasn't just a job. And I really liked that whole like monologue that he was talking about. Final battles dope. Uh, there's spawn. There's fucking battle toes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah battle toes. Fucking, yeah. Uh, the turtles do show up with the new shitty designs, which yeah. I was like, God damn it, Spielberg. <laughs> yeah. Give us some fucking 90s turtles. God damn it. Like, yeah, no. do anything. Yeah. Um, I like, you know, I'm not a huge Halo fan, but I loved Halo Reach. I like that, you know, he kind of threw in a little bit of everything for everyone. I like that they would show that, like, people were doing this shit on the streets. Like, when the, the, the team of Halo guys were, like, running down the street and you know, they flashes back to the Oasis, they were at them trying to take down one of the spider mech things. Um, love the Iron Giant in it. Thought it was great. Thought Iron Giant was going down when it was on fire. I was like, I've, I've already seen this movie. I don't want to cry again. And then <laughs> my favorite scene in the final battle scene was when they look down, the Iron Giant's going down. It's like, oh shit, T two reference. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Thumbs it. up for listeners. Got it. It was a little teary eyed. I was like, oh, I remember that. I did the Iron Giant. Bu, 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 so sad. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. I was like, oh my God, I love it. It just brought back so much. I remember being really upset when Arnold died in T2 is when I first saw it. I was like, they just lived together forever. Yeah, the T T Terminator animated series comes out right after that, and there it's like fish out of water shit. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm missing in my life. <laughs> yeah. but yeah i thought it, all the stuff leading up to the end um i loved uh, we're gonna talk about halliday and ogden marsh here in a second but i loved it i agree with stefan it was a little slow and i don't know why i couldn't find the egg but i still thought it was part of the test he was still getting a feel for wade you know just making sure the kid has got the you know his head is on correct uh to take over the oasis and what that means and I think it gives, and I liked it because it gave us a little bit of holiday and like who he was. And, you know, I thought it was good, man. It was definitely pulling those like Spielberg heartstrings. That's like a Spielberg moment. That, that whole scene right there is like Spielberg has to do that in his movies. Um, uh, but yeah, man, I thought the ending was good. I don't like have much complaints about it. All right. So since we got to holiday, holiday and um, Ogden Mar Morrow, sorry. Um, What'd you think, Andrew? Actors, Simon Pegg and Mark. What is his name? God damn it. Mark Rylance or Relance, however you say his name. Probably, probably Rylance. Yeah. yeah, I thought they were great. Uh, you know, the thing that I, I, I this is another thing I caught, maybe I forgot from the book, but I, I don't remember ever getting that like funny eccentricity from Halliday in, in the book. And the, was that like a change? Cause I liked it a lot. I thought he was fucking hilarious and how weird and eccentric he was, but I just don't remember. That seems like a choice made by 
Spielberg and that actor. Well, I don't think there's like a lot of flashbacky stuff in the book about like, I don't think you get like the scenes of him being in true self. It's just like a lot of, uh, cause the only way you meet him is, is like his avatar. Um, yeah. Anorak. Anorak. So you don't really like meet Halliday. I don't think um, until the end. And it's more, I don't even know if that Halliday scene exists in it yeah and all the like the curator scenes and all that i don't remember much of that from the book no, the curator stuff isn't because Og ogden mar or morrow is a an avatar they meet and um he doesn't give them like the one-up coin um, but he does help them in the dance scene in the movie in the book that scene happens and the reason they survive it is because of ogden morrow but they don't know because he has a call name and they don't figure it out it's him until like later on like in the final battle of the book thing or okay. the final test too. Um, but I can't remember specifics. Like I said, it's been a really long time <laughs> since I read it. So, yeah. Uh, uh, well, anyway, I, I did like the choice. I thought he was really hilarious. And what was great too, is that he still had that kind of weird, funny eccentricity, even as like this all powerful, you know, mighty looking anorak, yeah. which really played really well. And uh, with Ogden, Morrow, I did really like Tim. What little we saw of him, you know, he's always good. And, you know, him saying good choice when he chooses, when uh, Weed, Wade Watts chooses to uh, split it up amongst the team, you know, that's a fucking really great, you know, quick but great scene. Uh, mm -hmm. Like that quite a bit. And um, this is maybe we have to put this in, like, put a pin in this for the final thoughts or something, but. They ask him, like, are you an avatar? Are you really playing? What are you? And he doesn't answer the question. Yeah. It's like, what is he supposed to be? It's I know it's like it's probably a way for uh for the creator to live in his creation forever. It's a way that he achieved immortality, I would assume. Yeah. I the, I assume it's some like kind of auto-driven avatar or something for Halliday, but I wonder, is there another way to read that? Is it supposed to be ambiguous? Um, I'm, I wasn't really sure, but um, but yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, those were great characters. Stefan, um, yeah, I thought they were good. I thought the guy who played Halliday was especially good. He was just really mm -hmm. fun to watch. He was just a really heartwarming kind of character. Gave a really good performance. I forget what I've seen that actor in as well, but I really like him. Um, and I could have used a lot more Simon Pegg somehow. Uh, that character does a lot more in the book, but yeah. not, you don't know who he is until like the end. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been, you know, I, I get that. Uh, it's just, uh, would have been nice to see a little more of him. Um, but it would have given away everything. Basically cat would have been out of the bag if you saw him more, especially as in his role as the curator, which I thought was cool. And again, I really love him flipping him the quarter. That was that whole thing was really great. Yeah. Um, uh, but overall, I feel like a lot of the emotional core of the film had to do with Halliday and his like, you know, the, when that line, he says that he's like, I'm not a businessman or something. I'm a dreamer or something like that. You know, I was like, I was like, hell yeah, man, more power to you represent uh, <laughs> for all the dreamers out there. Uh, he just really was like a feel good character. So yeah, I really enjoyed the Halliday. 
Yeah, um, the guy who plays Halliday, I thought was fucking amazing as that character. I could have watched them a movie about them just fucking making the Oasis and never yeah. seeing the actual yeah. Ready Player One movie. Because <laughs> um, I thought Simon Pegg was great. I just wanted more of that relationship of like, you know, companies being torn apart because someone's a little more business savvy or wants certain things just for the better of the company, maybe for the worse. Um, I really liked, uh, yeah, the flashback scenes I thought were well done. Uh, I'm with Stefan could use more Simon Pegg. Uh, cause I remember his character having a bit more to do in the book. So I was like, Oh, when's this character coming about? But then like, you know, after I think the final curator scene, I was just like, you know, things started moving forward to the finale. And I was like, I don't think we're going to get, uh, the Og character in this. So, all right, well, and then I totally forgot about Simon Pegg at that point. And then when he shows up and opens the truck doors, I was like, oh, shit, this is great. Because um, you just kind of you lose track. So much is happening in this movie. It's hard to keep track of like certain things and like pay attention, like be like, was this the book? Was this not in the book? You know, um, but yeah, I love both those dudes. And God, it's like I wanted like the, you know, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen Halt and Catch Fire, but it's basically that whole like, um the beginnings of like companies and like building things. And it's like the troubles that go with it and having families and like, you know, dating people you work with. And it's just, but it's also got like this crazy computer knowledge. And I was like, Oh, I want to watch the, um, holiday and Morrow show right now. <laughs> it sounds interesting. Um, but, uh, yeah, I loved it. I like that Mark Rylance guy. I don't know what else I've seen him in. And he was, I didn't know who he was in the makeup and stuff in the trailer but I think he might've been in bridge of spies, which I did not see another Spielberg. Movie. Like there's like five Spielberg movies. I haven't seen also reviewed. Well, and no one saw it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know, but um, yeah, I fucking, those dudes loved them. Could have used a lot more of them, but then again, this is the Wade watch show and not, the, not the other way around. So I get it. Um, yeah. So we're going to move on to final thoughts. Okay, so let's combine it all in this one. So you want to talk about favorite references. So I got to go with Mechagodzilla and Goro, of course, man. And Goro. Oh, having... shit. Yeah, that was... oh, and the alien chestburster yeah, scene. Yeah. So much happens. Goro getting an alien chestburster. Fuck, that was my shit. So. <laughs> oh, that was man. Dumb. And, I, and I was a huge fan of even the. Uh, practical effects of goro in the first mortal Kombat movie too that was fucking awesome <laughs> uh, shout out to joe caldwell uh, who worked on that shit all right so uh and um also since uh this was going to be probably the last time i talk about ready player one for for a good long time i wanted to talk about this so i decided to get into movies because of spielberg it was huge in the 90s you millennials listening to this don't probably don't understand because spielberg isn't as much of a thing as it used to be but he ruled the cinemas from pretty much 75 up until 2000. That's a good 25 years. Grew up in the 90s. I had a Spielberg, you know, movie making uh, Windows program way back in the day, and I had a Spielberg book. And I think, again, my memory could be off, but I believe I kind of decided to get into filmmaking while playing with Jurassic Park toys. <laughs> so, so like, there's wait a minute. Yeah. Pretty much. And I had a camera there, too. I was filming like a little Jurassic Park uh, oh, we thing. That. I yeah. want to watch that. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's I need I need to unearth it. It probably still exists somewhere in my house. But uh, we painted blood on his mouth, too. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because the toy didn't come with blood. So anyway, <laughs> so yeah, so I, I have an attachment to Spielberg uh, with my history with movies and stuff. Um, but anyway, yeah, so with this movie, um, I think that the heart is there. I like the ending scene with how he's like, uh, you know, try to stay part of the real world as well. You know, don't only be in the Oasis. And I thought that whole dialogue, I really like that scene in the book, too. I think that was captured really well. And it was a great adaptation. It's missing some stuff. And um, let's also not forget this. A performance capture was fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, the way that those characters, it's interesting because they're, they're, they pretty much can be in a game that's out now the way that they're rendered but the performance capture is just top notch you even yeah. get like ben mendelson sort of like uh you know i don't know if it's a speech impediment the way he moves his mouth a bit it show, shows through that a bit character. of a lisp yeah his lisp you, you can see that in the in the 3d too so that was uh really interesting um i was fine with most of the changes of course and um uh, no rush scene from the book. That would have been cool if they added that. No Ultraman, but still good because they had the they had the uh, Gundam um, character stuff glossed over at times. But um, it still kind of redeems itself in the end with just how good everything else was. So um, and also the movie seems to play a lot with with themes like addiction to technology, learning to be selfless, selfless when it's so easy to be selfish learning to not be afraid in life and take the jump basically um the adventure game aspect is about learning to love the journey and not the destination which was kind of thrown in there last second a lot of the stuff is, seems to be kind of just mixed in and around and all that but um it would have been uh it would have been more interesting uh, maybe some of that stuff could have been a little bit more it could have been written better i think in some ways it was a little bit messy in that in that area but uh and what else do I got here? I'm reading from stuff that I, I wrote out for this. Um, yeah, some of the some of that stuff could have been dead better, but basically that's it. I I enjoyed the movie quite a bit, and I give it eight point seven five indeeds. Eight point seven five indeeds. Final thoughts on Ready Player One. Um, uh, I really liked the, the Battletoads got. A, a, a lot of love it seemed like in the background they're just like i fucking love battletoads you know like they just put them in put more battletoads in um a lot of street fighter characters i really liked that the film um didn't hang so much on like the 80s references and stuff that the the book had chock full of but it was more it leaned more towards the gamer um demographic it seemed and you know for for what it was i really liked that uh you know seeing spawn was pretty cool especially since there's going to be a new spawn movie coming out we have no fucking clue what that's going to be like yet um it was nice to see him on screen again i'm not the hugest spawn fan or anything but that's like one of those iconic characters from our childhood the delorean was really cool i fucking love back to the future so much i like that that was his ride uh, i think it was also his ride in the book as well right yeah yeah, yeah. Um, Delore, you can't. I like when she 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 called him Marty McFly or whatever after yeah. she got her bike fixed. The Akira cycle. I wish they would have showed more of the cycle on the side. It seems like they they put a lot of shadow on the sides of it because uh, you didn't really get a good look at like the stickers and stuff that Kaneda had on the bike. So there was something up with that for some reason. Um, true, true. And uh, yeah, it was just a bombardment of like so many things. I I still want to look online and see like every little. Easter egg and reference that was paid. It must have been a licensing nightmare. Um, but uh, but yeah, overall, I really enjoyed it. I would recommend people watch it, especially go see it in 3D because it's kind of built 
with that in mind being like this big ride and it's full of cg good cg great cg um and in terms of spielberg you know it's like there's a lot of gripes i think a lot of us our generation has had with them in the last few years even though his movies are still good and getting good reviews and stuff he just hasn't been culturally like hitting our generation for whatever reason um but you know yeah back in the day he was the king and uh, I always hail Jurassic Park as being the single greatest in theater experience I've ever had. Like the, the day was perfect. The weather was perfect that day <laughs> there. You know, we were in a nice theater it was awesome. That was one of the most joyous things I've ever experienced. And to this day, I still get fucking little butterflies when I start Jurassic Park up. It's the shit. Um, <laughs> it looks great, too. Um, but yeah, my final thoughts on the movie is uh, or my in, in deeds, I would give it probably a 7.5 in deeds only because i went in kind of like uninterested in the subject or not the subject matter but like just kind of uninterested in the property itself um and you know it doesn't quite get that eight yet because that's i I'll hold on that for like being like that was a great movie eight is great you know yeah so 7.5 in deeds from old santa cruz pants <laughs> cool um yeah i had a lot of fun watching this movie all the references are great uh i was kind of talking uh to andrew about how it was so cool seeing spawn run in the daylight and it makes me kind of upset that if if the new spawn is going to be like jaws and really dark and i was like god he looks so fucking cool man like i love that design it's like i was like who is this character it's like it's like batman and spider-man and oh he's from hell Oh my God, I love everything about this. Um, so that that was really cool to see the Battletoads, man. What a f- fucking hard game, by the way. But man, it was cool seeing them. Yeah. Uh, you know, Andrew mentioned the Goro, the alien scene. I mean, I think like every reference in this, it was just like, oh my God, that reference, that thing, that thing. I love that. I love this. I want to watch all these movies now. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, I had a really good time watching it. I just, you know, like I said in the beginning, where the fuck's the rush at? Where's it at, Spielberg? <laughs> That's true. That's it's kind and of a crime. Not even a song. Like you could have just the song. Come on, man. You got you could put their posters up. How? I mean, like I'm sure this thing was a licensing nightmare. So maybe it's really hard to get rush songs in your movies. Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea They're how trailer park any of this works. It can't be that hard. <laughs> yeah, but there. That's a ca- Canadian show. That's true. It's an American movie. Oh, (laughs) but yeah, I really liked it. And I think um, all of the, uh, I think we all here love Spielberg in some way. Spielberg has touched us um, with his films. I remember (laughs) the first first time I saw it, I was terrified of it. Spielberg, you terrified me. This little baby Maddie. I was like, what the fuck is that thing? I hate it. It looks weird. And I'm like, I just remember running behind the couch. My mom, recently called me and she's like, you know, I'm watching. I was like, what? She's, she said, I'm watching ET. And I was like, oh yeah, that movie's great. And she's like, you were so scared of it. I was like, I know it terrified (laughs) me. She's like, it was so funny, but you were so scared and I could not (laughs) laugh. Um, but yeah, um, you know, and I love jaws. I think jaws is still holds up to this day. Um, I think sometimes I watch, I'm like, Oh man, that shark, but it's still there, man, because the performances from the actors are so realistic. And they believe that shark is fucking real. And I love Jaws so fucking much. Um, where was where was Jaws at? Where was he? I need him. Um, but uh, it was old stuff. I guess Jurassic Park. Not a lot of water though. There wasn't a lot of water scenes. You know, but it's, it's been flying. 
Yeah, you can do anything in the Oasis. You could have thrown <laughs> fucking Jaws. Maybe he was. Maybe he wasn't there actually. He, he might have been, dude. Yeah. Um, but uh, just wanted to mention one of my other favorite scenes, like because in the trailer you see Chucky, and I love the Chucky films. They're not great, but I love them. <laughs> and uh, um, I just, I was like, man, I wonder when that scene's gonna happen because I thought it was gonna be in the Mount Doom like where they're shooting Freddy and then Jason shows up. I was like, Oh, this seems like a logical place for Chucky to show up. And then when the iron giant H goes, Hey, throw this little dude. And I was like, what little, Oh my God, this is the Chucky scene. And like Chucky just goes crazy and murders some people. And I was like, this is fantastic. Uh, I love the, uh, the nods to the horror stuff with being the shining Freddy, Jason, Chucky. There's probably shit I missed. And even like spawn being like some of the darker characters, that like, you know, I thought it was weird. I didn't expect to see those characters. And I thought, you know, Spielberg's a genius. And there's a reason because he wants to touch. He wants to be like, oh, I know you like this. I know you like this, too. I'm going to put it all in this movie. You want Gundams and Freddy Cougar in the same movie? Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. It's called Ready Player yeah. One. Um, but yeah, uh, a Jurassic Park, same way. Love that fucking movie. It, The effects are still the best I've ever seen. And like Stefan said, best theater going experience. I was so excited to see the only other movie that I was that Don't excited. My memory. I'm sorry, but it's the same. <laughs> memory. It's like we're brothers. We're brothers. <laughs> but um, uh, the only other movie would be tur- the first Turtles film, where I was just like, "This is this is how good movies are made." Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, um, I would recommend like see this movie uh, if you have any any kind of nostalgia or you play video games. Um, it's good. How do my indeeds would probably be like six point five indeeds, and uh-huh. you know it's only because there's no rush. Rush meant what might have made it a ten out of ten out of ten <laughs> indeeds, maybe because that's how much I fucking love Rush. Um, and then I would also say if you have HBO, check out the Spielberg documentary. It's great, of just like seeing his ups and downs and like when he did have failures. Um, and I think it's pretty inspiring for filmmakers because you can ride that wave for a long time, but at some point you're gonna crash. And Spielberg just kind of, you know, jumped back up and got back, got back at it. And even if his films aren't relevant to us now, or you know, maybe we'll ca- yeah, I mean, he still makes movies, <laughs> and I think that's the thing. I think Spielberg is a true lover of film, just because he continually makes a movie like every couple of years. And he wants you know, to touch it, you. Yeah, well, he has <laughs> <laughs> with Show his film, Stefan. Show us on the dollar, Uncle Stevie touched you. <laughs> don't make this sexual i'm talking about my love for spielberg i can't help it i'm a salacious personality catch me if you can and minority report came out the same year and those were oh, fucking wow. both awesome yeah minority report does not hang up uh, hold up as well as you as true. i thought it did oh really um, but, i see it again i liked it when i saw it though yeah i did too but like yeah i hadn't i haven't seen a lot of like i haven't seen bridge of spies i saw the 1010 movie didn't see bfg didn't see the post haven't seen Lincoln. I saw Lincoln. It's pretty good. It's not. It's it's okay. I I mean, Ready Player One's obviously a lot more fun, but <laughs> yeah. Lincoln is about an important part in American history, and yeah, you know just, what's that guy's name? Daniel Day Lewis. He's acting his fucking ass off, and the best anyway, fucking yeah, actor it's, ever. It's a good movie, but if 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 you're not like in the mood for historical drama, just do not fucking watch it because you got to be the, you got to be in that mood for that. We're done talking about Spielberg. Check out Ready Player One. Let us know what you think. We out. All right, Superhouse.
pod people, listeners, that was our review of Ready Player One, directed by uh, the young up-and-coming Steven Spielberg. Uh, <laughs> He's going places. Yeah, yeah. Pay attention to that. Kid's got talent. Well. <laughs> <laughs> um, we hope you enjoyed our review of the film. We hope um, that if you've seen it, you either agree or disagree, whatever. Just give, leave us some messages in the comments of this episode. Um, and you know, spark a dialogue with your friend, fr- <coughs> spark a dialogue <laughs> with your friends and go see more movies and talk about movies and certainly listen to Superhouse podcast. Um, this is Stefan, uh, and I am signing off. This is Andrew signing off. This is Maddie. Bye-bye. This is Stefan from the Superhouse podcast. Be sure to check us out on Patreon, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and any other godforsaken social media outlet that we that we should be floating on. We are basically on all social media. <laughs> yeah, all social media. Mainly Facebook and Twitter and Patreon. Check out the links in the description. We have uh, a lot of uh, cool goals uh, set up on our Patreon. Like if you donate a dollar, you'll be able to uh, give us a topic for us to talk about. And we'll talk about for maybe an hour or more. Who knows how long it'll take. And that's pretty tight. (laughs) That's the coolest thing. (laughs) Wait, we're on the internet? That's pretty good. (laughs) And we can make money. (laughs) What? (laughs) If you donate $1,000, you get full frontal nudes. We haven't set that up, but it's a possibility. (laughs) You give us a grant, who knows what'll happen. Check us out. I'll I'll do that. I'll do that. You get to go on a date with one of us for $10,000. <laughs> but you pay for everything. <laughs> you get to have your way with Maddie for $20,000. I'm going to get Joey for a weekend. For $30,000, we'll help you hide a body. Check out our Patreon. <laughs> Superhouse Gigolo Project 2017. <laughs> Links in the description. 2018. <laughs> Links in the description.